Help I Got a Mac podcast episode number 120. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Help, I Got a Mac. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And I'm Eric Fisher. That's right, folks. We have Eric Fisher in the house. Uh, you know, our good friend Chris Biting happens to be mi- missing in action this week. Not quite sure what happened there, but uh, hopefully everything's okay. But I'm th- very thankful to have my good friend Eric Fisher, also co-host of Social Media Serenity, joining me to talk about the world of Mac today. So, Eric, I want to say thank you first and foremost for coming on to the show. It's at literally zero minutes notice. <laughs> That's okay. So, uh, have, have you been uh, watching the world of Mac this week at all? Anything? Uh, I, I have. What, yeah. What, what have you seen that's been interesting to you right off the bat? Well, I think the major story out of the gate is the fact that Apple stock is now worth more than Microsoft's. Oh, really? I did not even see that. Yeah. Wow. That is amazing. Yeah, I I believe it was on, let's see, May 26th. That was what, yesterday? Yesterday, yeah. Yeah, their total share value beats Microsoft by about $3 billion. Wow. Yeah. That is really cool. You know, I I mean, Microsoft, I I, I hate to say it, but I don't even think about them anymore. I, yeah. I, I mean, I don't use, I mean, I still use Windows XP for, for my Adobe Audition. Uh, but man, if, if, if there was a way for that to be ported over to the Mac, I, I, I don't think I'd ever use a Microsoft product ever again. And man, that, that's a little dangerous to say, I'm sure. But, uh, I, I think, I think the only cool thing that they had going for them for the longest time is the Xbox. And honestly, I haven't had an Xbox since the original. Yeah. So, hmm. Microsoft. Um, what's, yeah. What's actually, what's interesting here to note is that there's only one other U.S. company that is higher up than Apple at this point. Oh, what's that? It's Exxon. Exxon. Imagine so, that. No, I think that's great news, no, especially with as much, uh, you know, cash on hand that Apple has. That's just exciting to me. It is exciting. I love a company that's not in debt and a company that's not in debt that's valued higher than all these other companies. I That's just amazing to me. And I mean, it, go ahead. Even if you think about it in terms of like the Apple being the phoenix that has risen from the ashes, like they've got so many things to be proud of with the last what? When did, when did Steve Jobs come back? It was like 97, I think. So the last, what, 13 years or so, like... That's when we saw, you know, the MacBook, the iPad, the 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 iPhone, the iMac, um, and now the iPad. You know, all those different things. Not to mention iTunes. I mean, they're just they are consistently on a roll, and I think they're finally having the momentum kind of all snowball into effect. You know what I mean? And not to mention Steve Jobs, just his own health becoming just 
Phoenix like where he's back on top of his game and he's answering the emails and stuff, you know? Yeah, I, I wonder how much though he's really on top of his game. I, I I really feel for Steve Jobs and and I and I hope that he is doing as well as everybody uh, believes he is. But you know, I, I still True. feel that he he's kind of fragile at this point, and and, and that's the way he he appears uh, in these you know keynotes that or well the keynote that we saw last time. Um, and you know, I, I and he seems to me like somebody who's more open. You know, people talk about this is a different Steve Jobs. He's a more caring guy or whatever now. And it's like, it, it, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I fear saying words like, you know, this is a man who knows that, you know, he, he's he's either come close to the end, you know, which obviously is the case for him with, with some of the issues that he's had. But, you know, one who also is, you know, he wants to, he, he's, he's at the place now maybe where he's looking to leave his legacy. And, yeah. and you know, I, I, I hope that there's not a, a negative prognosis out there for him and, and that things are well, but, um, you know, I, I, I just wonder about his health. Yeah. Well, we wish him the best for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, I love, I love Apple. I, you know, here's the deal. Um, they, they, they're still not, I mean, they, they still have the ability to make some mistakes and stuff like that. Um, oh yeah. I, I, I still believe that they've made some graph, some grave errors in the past couple of years. One being the Apple TV, the fact that they just abandoned that, mm-hmm. that, that kind of, I, I feel bad for anybody who's ever bought an Apple TV because the Apple TV, in my opinion, was never any, was never a device that was, you know, really full of a lot of functionality. And then all of a sudden people had some ways of making that thing fully functioning uh, to do some really exciting things. And really, only the hacking community was ever going to really take full advantage of that. And then Apple comes in, and every time they do something like that, they come in and do a up- software update that kind of breaks everything that people had been mm-hmm. working to do to make that piece of equipment useful. And now, all of a sudden, you know, it, it's just we don't hear anything about that product anymore. Question is, though, do we think that we're going to hear anything more about Apple TV? Now that Google's joined the bandwagon and says, you know what, we'll take over your hobby. Right. I, I watched that Google TV commercial video and I thought this is what Apple TV should have been mm-hmm. and, and more, obviously, with like a built-in hard drive and all that but and, and access to the iTunes store. I, I think there's still very much room for Apple TV to co- make a comeback. They just need to actually support it. Yeah. Do you th- we'll see. Do you think they could? Do you think they could do what they need to do with Apple TV with the first or second? Did they ever have a second generation hardware? I thought they might have. I feel like at some point they there was the first gen. I think there was a second gen. I just don't know if it was a different hardware or not. Right. If it was just an update, well, a I, firmware update. But the, anyway, the question I have is whether or not that original equipment in any form is going to be able to do the things that it quote-unquote should have done as far as hardware-related. Is it going to have the support hardware-wise to be able to do those things? And I doubt that it is. So anybody who's ever been burnt has purchased the original Apple TV, you know, whatever iteration they may or may not have had, my question is whether or not it would just be a totally worthless investment, uh, you know, being an early adopter to that technology. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's got a hard drive in it. It's got an HDMI port to your TV. 
I would think that just a firmware update could could revamp it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the guts are in there. So. So are you, do you think if you had the ability to purchase a television with or without the Google TV uh, uh, functionality, would you make a decision based upon that? The the only difference that I would make a decision based upon if it had Google TV or not would be if they were charging for it with or without it. You know. Right. If it, if it was going to drop my price by about 50 bucks, 100 bucks to not have it built in, then I'd probably go the cheap way and just hook up HDMI to like the laptop or something. Right. For that functionality. Well, here, At this point, but if they built it in for free, I'll I'll look for one that has it for a good price. Yeah. Here here's my thinking on this online streaming television stuff, all right? And and I don't think that we're ever going to in the in the days of network television, I don't think we're ever going to get to this place. But let me tell you what I think it would need for me to be an adopter of any kind of Google TV, Apple TV, Hulu or anything else of that nature. Uh, I don't mind paying for content. I don't mind paying subscription. I don't mind a lot of things. Uh, you know, obviously, I don't mind ad supported free content either. My what I don't like though is having to have different services for different programs that I like to watch. So for example, if Google TV has everybody but NBC or everybody but ABC or everybody but Fox, I mean it or they they only have the major networks but they don't have any of the cable networks. I, I we need somebody out there who has one online video streaming device that has access to all the content or we need multiple online ways to access this content with all of the content available but i'm just i mean there's no way that i'm going to switch to thank you stephanie uh there's no way i'm going to switch to a an online internet-based television service you know when i can't get for example big bang theory you know, it's right. like it's it's like Doctor Who from the the UK. It's, I I just want to be able to watch. I want to have one place that I can go and get all of my content, and I don't mind paying for it. I mean, heck, that's what we've been doing with satellite TV and cable television, right? Right. I don't understand why why these networks. You know, net why can't network television view their programming on? a service like Hulu, Google TV, Apple TV, um, you know, whatever the case may be, why can't they view that the same as distributing their content via, you know, set, you know, Dish Network or DirecTV? Yeah, well, it's a huge paradigm shift for them basically. They they and that's it and to be honest, that's kind of like the whole shift in uh they're concerned about money. They're concerned about ads, and what doesn't make sense is the fact that, like, for example, with the magazines, where magazines are slightly going out of fashion, and people would pay to have their ads in a magazine, much like you'd pay to have commercials in your primetime television shows. Um, Instead, you can now, with online, you can specifically track how many... You Back in the olden days, you, you... you could count how many people people bought your magazine, but you could not guarantee how many people were literally with eyeballs looking at your ad. Those days have changed. We're in the day where now, if you're watching a TV show on the internet, yeah, somebody may have gotten up and went to use the bathroom, but you at least know your ad played. 
you know, somebody had it on during your show that they're watching online. The metrics are much easier to track and actually get real or closer to real results than we used to. Let me ask you this. You ever watch any television on Hulu? Oh, yeah, all the time. Can you tell me if you've ever watched any of the ads that are on between the little commercial breaks? I have. And have those been unbearable or are you intolerant of them? I'm not intolerant of them at all. Right. And so and and, and what do we usually have? We usually have one 30 second commercial, uh, what, every 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes or so in the show? Yeah. Yeah. For, for like a standard half hour television show where you get, what, 21 minutes of show and a half hour total running time. It cuts it down because each of those, what, three commercial breaks, you have one one ad, and it may be a repeat ad, which I don't totally mind, um, at about 30 seconds, maybe a minute, but usually 30 seconds. Exactly. And so here's here's my thinking is is what the, what I think is they're running the problem is, and, and I see this a lot in digital media everywhere, especially in podcasting, is people out there are, are basically in their mind, they feel like they cannot get, they cannot ask for the same kind of price for online advertising as they do from their television advertising. When I believe, you know, you know what, when it comes to TV commercials, I don't watch advertising on television, but every time I watch something on Hulu, by golly, I, I sit through, you know, the commercial at the beginning and probably two, three or four commercials during the show without any problem at all. And it's usually 30 seconds and, and they're actually on Hulu. They're com- becoming more and more tastefully done. It's same, same thing on the ABC player on the iPad. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't bother me at all. And in fact, it helps preserve some of the, the quality of the commercial break uh, for the storytelling of the, of the folks who do these. I, I was watching an interview with uh, Damon Lindelof and Carlton Cuse where they were talking about the fact that the writers actually write the show in such a way to actually the, to to actually have the cur- commercial break to decompress and to, then to move on from there. Uh huh. And then of course the other thing is 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 the fact that uh, somebody else in our chat room says I hate commercials. I'd rather pay not to have them. And and by golly, why not have both options? You know, I know on Hulu, I've been presented. It's like, would you like to listen or would you like to view one four minute commercial or or I don't know that might be an exaggeration. It might be two or three minute commercial. But anyway, would you like to view one longer commercial at the beginning or would you like to have the normal commercial, you know, 30 second breaks uh, throughout the the content here? And why not give us the option? You know, it's like, listen, would you like to pay a subscription or would you like to um would you like to, uh, you know, pay for or see the advertisements uh, and and watch this for free? I, I think that if you give people that option, I think what they're some of the networks are afraid of is some of these shows that aren't as popular. People aren't going to pay for them. And I and and by the way, I don't think you should pay a subscription free. I think you should even have the a la carte method. And by golly, let the viewers start voting for what it is that's popular, and then we can get most of this crap off the television. Oh, yeah. I mean, seriously, if Hulu right now were to say, we're going to do a subscription model, but it's going to be a la carte and it's going to be five bucks a month. And you can pick for for that five dollars for a month. You can have every you can watch every episode of let's just say five shows. Mm -hmm. That's cheaper than iTunes. Yeah, it's a steal. And I would do it in a heartbeat because it would guarantee 
that I would still be able to watch those shows for free. And I would, it would make me think, what are my top shows? What shows do I absolutely have to add into my Hulu? Or you even say like it's, it's $5 for the first five shows and then 99 cents each additional or, you know, something weird. I mean, that's basically the same pricing, but you, you get what I'm saying. Just yeah. let us add premium to that substandard, you know, that standard uh, baseline and add show by show as we want more. Well, I'll tell you what, it, it, I was listening to Mac Weekly this week and they were talking about the fact that it's it's kind of funny that it, you know, the war is no longer between, um, you know, Windows and Mac, you know, or Microsoft and, and Apple, but now right. it's Apple and Google who are mm-hmm. battling. They, they're the two superpowers out there. And I really do believe that there's some uh, reality to that. And in fact, that leads me to the next story for this week is that uh, it is now official that there are no more get a Mac commercials. I saw that makes me sad. I know. I, I tell you what, if on television, it was the one advertisement that I would always stop and go back and watch even sometimes multiple times. I, I watched the iPad commercial from Apple twice and uh, the second time it wasn't even cool. The first time it wasn't great, but I, I figured yeah, maybe if I watch it a second time, maybe it'd be cool. And like, nah, this is stupid. <laughs> it, I I, th- I feel like they kind of uh, lost some of their flair there. But it, the help I got a Mac, or the help I got a Mac, the the get a Mac ads. I think they were brilliant. Um, you know, but it it does appear that they're retiring those. And I wonder if they're retiring them and focusing, you know, on the iPhone and iPad so much. I wonder if they feel like you know what we've got some good momentum here. I don't think we need to really hit this too much harder. Well, yeah, and it goes along with their statement, what, two years ago now, where they decided to stop being Apple uh, computer yeah, and be Apple. The mobile a, device, a, a mobile device company. Yeah, I mean, they are, the they're in the music industry, they're in the book publishing industry, they make cell phones, they make music players, they make mobile reading devices, web devices. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Do you think they can maintain this? I mean, entering into all these different places, do you think they can maintain their quality? I think I'm going to go ahead and say yes, because I haven't seen them slip up too badly while they've continued to do so. I mean, the iP- the iPad's taking off like crazy. I mean, I, f- I forget what it was. I just heard that they're, they're selling like two... Ah, geez, I'm going to botch it up. They're selling a lot of iPads each week. I can't, I can't think of what the number is. Well, I know that they're completely it's taken s- off. The in the U.S. are completely sold out consistently on the iPad yeah. 3G or the yeah the 3G mer- version of it. So, yeah, I I think they can keep it up. I think I think we're going to see. I think it's next week. When when is WD? WWDC is uh, June fourth or no June seventh. So June seventh. So that is a week next, from Monday. Yeah. So Wait. I think we're going to hear a lot of stuff. <laughs> so basically, we've got this. That's the Steve Jobs uh, keynote, and it is official. Steve it's Jobs. Official. He is going to be doing the keynote on June seventh. Uh, I was reading an article uh, earlier this morning that said that, you know, what what could they possibly give us that we don't already know? They've had the leaks in the 
the iPhone. There have been several of them leaked. Uh, there's the fact that, man, all of a sudden there's supposedly a possible white front facing, you know, white plate in the front. Yeah. Uh, so you can have a white or a black uh, iPhone uh, 4G or whatever it's going to be called. Um, what else? The front facing camera. There's there's talk about the fact that there's so, some people are doing commercials, uh, working on commercials, demonstrating the video call. So yep. um, there's been the talk that in the software, the, the 4.0, the OS software, that it does include tethering this time. Yep. So that we'll see if that comes out. Yeah. And matter of fact, with, with these kind of rumors, some of these rumors that are out there and they're being widely accepted, I imagine that if if uh, if Apple doesn't, if Steve doesn't deliver this as being fact, it's 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 no matter what he does bring, it, it might even be like a letdown. Well, I think that happens every time. You think so? Even I think to the, well, I think this time's unique in that we've actually had that whole iPhone leaked business going on. But I think in the past there's been just so many off the wall rumors, like with the iPad. You'd be like, "Well, it's going to have HDMI out, and it's going to have this and that," and it, it had hardly any of those things. But it's still amazing. So yeah. So I, I did read another article that said that Apple's latest OS 4 beta adds customiz- a customizable user dictionary. Uh, this is awesome, I think. Oh, that'll be very welcome. I hope that, you know, because I actually saw a screenshot where you can go in and it says, you know, when you go into the dictionary and stuff like that, it gives you a bunch of options. And one of them is where you can go in and add words. I hope. I would hope that if they're going to give us this, which number one, I think it would be awesome. And number two, I hope they give you the ability to add the word right on the fly. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, cause sometimes I get like no replacement found or whatever. I'd like to be able to just say, you know, this is the word, you know, this, I want you to remember this cause I type it all the time and you always get it wrong. So yeah, I, I hate that. So anyway, let's see here. So what white front? Have you seen the the, the iPhones with the white glass in or the, yeah, the white I, under the to glass? To be honest, I like. I mean, I I like the black, but I don't know for a change when I upgrade in uh, next January because that's when I can do it for the cheap price. I may opt for the white. I think it looks really clean, and I don't know. There's something nice about a white uh, Apple product that's kind of that that's kind of gone the wayside with the whole aluminum thing. But I don't know. I think it looks great. You know, I, I looked at it and for me, especially when it's turned off, you've, you've got this big, huge white border and then just this black in the middle. Right. I don't know. I, I, but, but then again, I always thought when, when the, when they first came out with the white iPhone three GS, uh, I thought it looked funny. And now, you know, my wife has a white one. I have a black one and well, I have a black three G and she has the 3GS white and you know hers is it, it actually looks pretty cool i like it so yeah anyway I, i'll say this either way either way with the new phone the black or the white i think it looks great and yeah. i'm excited that it's going to be as fast as the, the with the new the ipad processor in it and well, the ram and everything will be we'll, such a step up from a 3g <laughs> that's another thing is that there you know it's rumored that these leaked iPhones have the a4 chip in them and yeah, I guess you're right. We're taking it as fact, but it's we don't know for sure yet because Steve hasn't said it. He has not said it at all. So let's not get our hopes up too high. 
And Carla's in the chat room, and she says, is tether, tethering really an option? And uh, there's, it's really a rumor that it's in the iPhone 04, uh, 4.0 software. I've seen the, uh, yeah, I've seen the screenshots from the, the uh, beta or whatever it's called uh, that you could download and test out of the, the 4.0 software. Right. So some blog somewhere showed it and said, well, look, it's in there. Yeah. Whether, the, whether it, it ends up being in there in the end, who knows, but it's in there now. Right, and that and that uh, actual screen capture is specifically mentioning AT and T tethering. So it's not just mm-hmm. just not standard tethering text. It's about AT and T tethering. So we'll see. Yeah, and and did you notice that the uh, Apple Store is now not carrying the iPhone three G? No, I did not notice that. Um, but that makes yeah. sense. I I think it's time to phase that out, just like they phased out the original model. Because I'll be honest with you, I have a three G. And it's almost, I mean, I consider it almost useless these days because, and, and have ever since the 3GS came out. I mean, this thing runs dog slow uh, ever since they came out with the 3.0 software. Or Well, yeah, that, whenever they came out with the 3GS, my phone has been sluggish ever since. Yeah, and, and for people who can't wait, although I would suggest highly to do so, if you can't wait, they do have the 3GS for $97.00. Absolutely. With a new contract at uh, Walmart. Yeah, the, so basically there the the 3GS 16 gig by the way uh was nor- normally 199 uh with new contract and they had the $99 3G version. Now, this is at Walmart. Now, I haven't heard anything about Best Buy yet in this in this area, but I oh, know yeah. Best Buy had the $99 3G as well. But uh, now you can get the 3GS, which the 3GS is a pretty decent phone, but I would certainly wait because I would imagine this is uh, this is what I, I'm going to predict this. I could be wrong, but I'm going to predict that they're actually going to have the A4 processor, which is, you know, it's going to make this thing just as snappy and as speedy as the iPad that, we, you know, that I love so much. Yeah. Um, and if it, if it does come out with that, my feeling and my fear is, is that the 4.0 software is going to be so overly optimized for the new OS and that and people are start going they're going to start building applications that are, you know, relying on that more beefier power and everything that the 3GS is going to be just as relatively sluggish as my 3G is right now. That's so, a good point. I, yeah, for I, those of you who are looking for a bargain I would say it, it might be worth an extra hundred bucks just to go ahead and get the new model. Yeah, it, especially if you're going to have to lock yourself into a contract again anyway. Mm-hmm. Pay the upgrade fee and get the new one instead. It's going to be miles ahead of this the 3GS. I'm I'm sure. Right. Or I'm guessing. I should say. <laughs> Amanda says honestly, I don't know why you can't just pay thirty dollars a month to access the internet on any device at and any place. And I think we're getting to that place, don't you? Yeah, I'm really hoping. I, I really hope because here's the thing: in the in the area that I'm in, there is about a 40 mile gap that I'm in the middle of, north to south. So I'm in the middle of that where there is no 3G access whatsoever, and I'm paying the 30 a month to AT and T, but I can't have 3G. Wow, where I live. So I, I really feel like I'm getting gypped, to be honest. Um, 
And I wish that I could opt in and say, well, hey, AT&T, you don't have 3G in my area, so let me pay 15 a month or 20 a month instead. Yeah. But I'd like to see them drop these $30 a month access prices. Or at least put some 3G towers in your area. Exactly. Which they say they're doing, but there's no timetable that I know of. So Yeah. Hey, Nation says in, in the chat room, he's got some good advice here. He says, listen, whenever buying any kind of technology, set number one, set your budget. Number two, pick a date to purchase. Number three, when you uh, when you get one to purchase, based upon your date and your budget, go ahead and buy the best you can with what you have and then be happy with it because it's already not the best. Oh, yeah. So I mean, that's that's too true because, I mean, who was somebody we know, oh, I think it was Andy Traub who bought his MacBook Pro. And then I think it was three, four weeks later, they came out with the updates. And, uh, and then there's somebody else I know who bought a MacBook maybe a week or so ago. And just, what was it, the 25th, which was Tuesday, they started the back to the school at, uh, summer thing again, where you get a free eight gig iPod touch. Oh, wow. So that has just started back up again. So if, you, if you're going to buy a Mac this summer, they've just refreshed the MacBooks. Um, that's a great time as any to buy one. Even the iMacs are in on this, um, which I know Cliff loves. And if you buy one, between, if you're a student of, uh, in any form or if you work for an educational center like I do, between May 25th and September 7th, you can get a free 8-gig iPod Touch. Huh. I highly suggest doing that. Nice. So I have one last story uh, on here, and it's about Google Chrome for the Mac is now out of beta. That's my story, too. Is that your story, too? Are you yeah, using it? Yeah, that's the last story I have. Oh, yeah. I switched out from Firefox to Chrome um, about a month and a half ago now because I could have it sync directly between my work computer and my MacBook. I'm loving it. It's so fast and just... It's everything I need it to be. Very cool. I am still using Firefox. I, now, on the before I made the complete switch over to Mac, I was using Chrome on the PC uh, because Firefox on the PC had just gotten so slow, it was just unbearable. So I had switched over to using Chrome there full-time. And then when I got my Mac... Um, you know, the, you know, obviously Chrome isn't the greatest yet on the Mac. The, you know, the PC side's a little bit further along than the Mac development. But not only that, but one of the things I realized is that the Firefox software runs great on the Mac. So it, it actually is, is mm-hmm. very speedy, very snappy. And one of the, my favorite features that I use every single day is the sidebar. Um, are you familiar with the sidebar in, in Firefox? Yeah. So basically what you can do is you can create a bookmark. You can right click on the bookmark and then what you can do is go into its properties and you can say, Hey, when, whenever you open up this, this little bookmark, open it in the sidebar. And I love that because I actually created a 300 pixel wide sidebar that goes along the side of my browser and it has my Ustream window. It's got the GSPN community chat and all this other stuff. So I can sit here and browse the web while looking at the chat room while we're doing our live shows. And the sidebar functionality, unless I'm wrong, I can't do in Chrome. And if anybody knows a way that I can do that, 
that would be great. Now, one of the workarounds that I was doing, I tried to do this in Chrome, and actually this is what I was doing on the PC side, was I was taking my HTML code for my sidebar, and I was opening opening that up as its own browser window, and then I would just open up another browser instance of Chrome to do all the other stuff. So, But I, I kind of like it all being a part of one window and, and such, but anyway... Yeah, I'm sure it's out there. I'm sure there's somebody creating for it. There, I mean, there's a lot of great extensions out there for for Google Chrome at this point, and like Instapaper and Evernote and Simple Note, which is actually an app we've never talked about, but we should sometime soon on a, on social media Serenity. Um, yeah, it's, it's Google Chrome, Firefox. Uh, it's an it's an iPhone app as well that's free. Um, great for opening. It's basically basically it's a Hey, that's a great idea. And you flip out your phone, open the app, type the thing in you want to remember, and then it's it's automatically synced. And then you open up that website, hit or if you even open it up with the extension, it's right there. Because I'm I mean seriously now I'm I'm right here. I'm looking at stuff that I've written down on my iPhone. Within like two seconds later, it's already synced on my MacBook. It's great. All right, is it SimpleNote.com? Where is it at? No, actually, it's not. Uh, Simple Note. Simple, app. SimpleNote.com is for sale, by the way. I think it's SimpleNoteApp.com. SimpleNoteApp.com. Yep, there it is. Okay, and it's it free. And, and so you can log in right from this website? Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, I will check SimpleNoteApp.com. Now, question, if I'm on the iPhone or the iPad, but, but, oh, number one, do they have an iPad version? Yes, it is. And so it looks good on the iPad. It's full featured and everything. From what I remember, yeah. All right. As long as they're... Because I, I really hate applications now that aren't iPad compatible. You know, that don't have the full screen that looks really nice because I'm getting to where, you know, I, I don't like my iPhone anymore. I'm, wonder, <laughs> I'm wondering if the 4G will change my mind on that. But uh, yeah. <laughs> these days I really love my iPad. But um, the question I have is, you know, and 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 maybe this is well no I don't know this will be really solved with multitasking, but um, the one thing that I have is that you know I I walk into buildings all the time where there's no access to three G you know these right. big cinder block buildings like a school and stuff like that where I'll go in and if I add notes there then all of a sudden the, I don't those wouldn't sync until after I reopen the application so. There's still oh man, that's the only thing I hate about syncing is is when you don't have internet access. Mm-hmm. I wish there's a way that you could always have internet access everywhere, nonstop. That would be cool. All right, so we, sim- we can dream. SimpleNoteApp.com. I'm gonna have to check it out. Hey, I'll tell you what. I'm gonna play one. Uh, actually, actually, I'm gonna play two pieces of audio feedback. And uh, here's somebody who wants to know about a Twitter app for Mac. And uh, let's go ahead and play this call. Hey, Cliff. Hey, Eric. This is John. Can I just say something that uh, when this call came in from John the other day, um, he actually said, hey, Cliff, hey, Eric. And it's definitely a help. I got a Mac question. (laughs) That's great. And so it's like he knew, I guess this was going to happen today. So here you go. Hey, Cliff. Hey, Eric. This is John from Houston calling for the help. I got a Mac podcast. Hey, guys, I'm... uh, just want to know um, 
I recently got an iMac, 21 half inch iMac, and I have to let you know the thing is a beautiful machine that just makes it makes you feel like you're experiencing a computer at a different level. Um, I never thought I'd say that. Never thought I'd be you know swooning over uh, or crooning one one of those things over a uh, a computer like I am over my, my iMac. Anyway, my question for you is. Uh, I'm, I'm looking, you know, we always play with iPhone Tweety apps. I'm looking for a good, solid I, uh, Twitter uh, app for my iMac. I'm using the Tweety uh, I app, and it's, I mean, it's decent. It works, and I kind of like the functionality of it between accounts, but I'm kind of uh, wondering, do y'all have one that works for the Mac, kind of makes the Mac, um, it just kind of makes sense, um, and what, what, what would you recommend? All right, guys, appreciate the show, and... Uh, Look forward to hearing your answer. All right. You use a Mac, Eric, and I know uh-huh. you probably have a Twitter client or two on there. Believe it or not, before you answer, I don't use Twitter clients other than just my browser-based Hootsuite, um, I, just because Hootsuite's everywhere. And on the iPad, I'm still using Twitterific, and on the iPhone, I'm using the official Tweety app. So I'm using three different ways to access Twitter depending on what device I'm on. But when it comes to my Mac, I'm still not running full-time a Twitter app in the background. Maybe I might change that now that I have this. I, I don't know why. It's Ever since I've had a 27-inch iMac, I, I, even though I could assign it to its own quote-unquote space, I still haven't done it. But maybe it's because of the distraction factor. Right. So anyway, what do you use? Let's see. Well, I use, on my MacBook for the Mac, I use... TweetDeck, which I would be jealous of having a huge iMac screen for because of all the different columns that I could set up, but I, I keep it minimized to about four or five. Uh, one is mentions, one is um, people I, I want to never miss their tweets. Uh, some are people where I have conversations with them, so the people that give and take, um, and then kind of a social media. So those are my Twitter lists, basically. Um, and then also maybe scheduled tweets because TweetDeck can do that now. So TweetDeck's, TweetDeck all around is really great, I think. Um, Does it have that th- Apple feel to it, though? I, cause I, or is it, cause wasn't that once, that was an Adobe Air app, right? Is it still an Adobe Air it, app? It, it still is. Okay. But it, it they, I mean, they've made vast improvements on TweetDeck. I mean, the fact that it, you can't really feel any sluggishness to it um, it's using the you know near real time API calls now, so I mean it, it is super fast, super quick. I think partially what I like about it is I can use TweetDeck on my Windows machine at work and have it be almost the exact same experience that I'm used to, which is a plus. But I guess we're looking for maybe a Mac unique type of a thing. Yeah. He said he's already using Tweety. Which again is another great one. I have that one because I got that for free at some point in a bundle, and that's a great app. Um, yeah. But you can't really maximize it too much. Yeah, the thing is, though, I, I, the Tweety program is actually written in. I think it's called I don't know Coco or whatever. Right. Uh, but it, it's written as a Mac app. Uh, there, Twitterific is another one. And so, if you haven't checked that one out, John, check out Twitterific and uh, see if you don't like that one. Uh, but both of those, b- both Twitterific and Tweety for the i for the Mac are both written as Mac applications and have every single bit of Mac look and feel to them. So if that's what you're looking for, yeah. but if you're looking for functionality, 
Uh, well, you can even do Hootsuite full screen as its own web app, not through the browser directly, but do it full screen using something called Fluid. Oh, so, yeah, I heard about that. Hmm, you should try that out because it gets rid of the browser bar, really bumps out the... Uh, basically, it, it, it's as if you're looking at the browser full screen on Hootsuite's web site. So Nice. Well, hey, well. everybody, that is our show for this week. I want to say thank you to you, Eric, for coming onto the podcast here and helping fill in because I'll tell you what, I, was, I had given it a, 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 a try earlier. And just talking about the news, one story right after the other, it's just not as fun when I'm used to doing this kind of topic on Max with somebody else. The other thing is, is when it comes to podcasting, I have to podcast about my passion. And I, I've made a determination that a long time ago, I said, I will never do a podcast where I am not completely 100% um, passionate about the topic of the podcast. Or I have a co-host that is completely 100% uh, passionate about it, and I have a very strong interest. And Mac is is one where I have a very strong interest, and I'm very passionate, but I always need somebody else out there that is going to keep the conversation going. So, Eric, thank you for coming on today, and we all hope and pray that everything's okay with our friend Chris, and hopefully we'll hear from him next week. Until then, join the community.